gang, that's Holly. And that's Brooke. And this is the Macabre Cast. Episode four? Yes. Oh my episode god. Four. Oh, and our lovely Nikon. Yes, we've decided to introduce Nikon at the beginning now. Because we received a complaint from my brother. Yeah. <laughs> that said, why don't you introduce Nikon at the beginning? Because Nikon's a big part of the podcast. I think Daniel just really likes Nikon. <laughs> Which I mean, what can I say? I'm great. Yeah. Accurate. We love. Accurate. Aw. Oh. oh. <laughs> we did it at the same time. Wholesome. Uh, yeah. <sighs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, Holly has a correction for this week. Oh, yes. So, oh, no. Is it one of those corrections? Well, no. It's a correction that I'm like, I got tricked with this information <laughs> and didn't realize it. And I've tricked. been I've been believing that this was true for many years of my life and realized it's not. Oh, no. Um, so last episode, when we were talking about the, the egging, like egging cars, and oh yeah and like you said that um are you talking about the windshield wiper thing yeah the windshield wiper thing because like the egg definitely does corrode paint however if if an egg if you get egged on your windshield and you turn your windshield wipers on you're not going to lose most of your visibility uh that apparently is a myth and how I will say this though, if you turn your windshield wipers on and you don't use your windshield wiper fluid, then you are going to lose some visibility. But if you use your windshield wiper fluid like a normal sane person, it's fine. I feel like this isn't a correction. I think that you're just being weird. <laughs> this is a correction because I legitimately believed that that was a thing. Okay. And then I looked it up and it turns out that a bunch of people believe that you lose visibility with though if an egg gets on your windshield and you use your windshield wipers oh. because of a facebook post from like the beginning of facebook Ew. yeah facebook is so the, is the bane of my existence i needed to do the correction to make sure that everyone knows that i'm not trying to spread misinformation that some facebook person posted. yeah so i'm like holly you're so, a boomer. It's oh official. no at least i'm not calling it the facebook oh yeah that's gross <laughs> don't do that oh yeah <laughs> Um, well, thank you for the correction. Oh, so what, what if you don't have wiper fluid? Well, if you don't have wiper fluid, then you better get some. You're fucked. At Nikon. Yeah, Nikon, get some. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was awful. <laughs> so what I, what you're saying here, though, is that I was right. That if you get an egg on your car, it cur- on your car like paint. where the paint yeah. is it will corrode the paint yes that's that's true if you if you leave it on there so like if it, is, if it just touches it and you wipe it off it's not gonna corrode i the was paint, right no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess no. what i'm saying is brooke is right no i don't i don't have a correction <laughs> this week but i do have a comment from my mother <laughs> because i did ask her in the last episode i mentioned we were talking about in your section mm-hmm. you were talking about crepe paper costumes creepy paper yeah creepy paper um i was talking about flammable pajamas for children Mm -hmm. or in inflammable inflammable pajamas or pajamas that are not flammable yeah okay so i asked my mom about it because i mentioned it in the last episode and i was like yeah there's a thing about how kids pajamas have to be inflammable 
Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, inflammable. Inflammable. Okay. Um, and I found out from my mom, the reason why she always said that when I was a kid was because I would stand by my grandma's fireplace in my pajamas. And then my grandma would say, good thing that your pajamas aren't flam- flammable. Because yeah. when my mom was a kid, there was like a case that happened where something happened where kids burned down like people died in a fire there were children but two things came out of that and one of those things was called tot finder and it was a sticker that you would put in your windows of your home that was reflective and it said tot finder on it and it was so if there was a house fire the the firemen would automatically know which bedrooms the children are in oh so that you could find them and then around that time in the 70s they also started having these guidelines for children's pajamas specifically that they had to either be tight fitting or made of a fabric that was like flame retardant oh um and i looked up the guidelines for it and there's apparently there's all these rules that they have to follow when they make children's clothing of like how long a nightgown is what it's made of what um the printing on it is made of Mm -hmm. like of the design and then also if like it's a sleeve or something like how tight it is on your skin and that that's why children's pajamas are like those weird tight yeah patterned i used to hate those they made they made me so uncomfortable they were so constricting yeah i used to get so angry what Inflammable and flammable mean the same thing. Damn it! <laughs> oh no! I thought it might be that one, but I wasn't sure. So non-flammable. Yes, no. Non-flammable. Sorry. Yes. Roll it back. <laughs> <laughs> Are we a hot mess? Episode four. Not more of a hot mess than we were episode three. Oh, that was a. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> we're not recording in the morning ever again. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a bad idea. Um, shall we? Rock paper scissors. Yeah. Do we want to? Um say what we're going to be talking about first? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to be doing the cheese caves, and that's all I'll say about that. All I have to say about that is that I really wanted to cover the cheese caves, but Holly took it away from me. And I I'm, called dibs. I'm very sad, but very excited to learn about <laughs> it. Um, I will be covering the Loveland Frogman. Which I would like everyone to know before this starts that Brooke called dibs on the Loveland Frogman by sending me an out-of-context text, like, randomly one night at, like, 9.30 (laughs) that just said, like, in all caps, (laughs) that just said, don't look at the Loveland Frogman, I'm doing it. (laughs) And that's it. And then, like, a couple more texts later that were, like, very cryptic <laughs> about how I should have never Google it. I, I also have shown you one photo that's so funny. Yeah. So I'm very excited oh. to hear what this is about. Okay. Whew. Ready for rock, paper, scissors? Yes. I'm ready. We're on going three. on scissors. On scissors. Yeah. That's oh, the same thing as mean. on three. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were trying to incept me and like make me do scissors. No, 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 no. Holly's getting the mind games going. Oh no, I got it. Okay, ready? Rock, paper, scissors. (gasps) You won for the first time. I won, and she did incept me, and I did do scissors. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, you see, because Holly thought there's no way you do scissors. I in did. That I thought had, that there would I be had, no way you would do scissors. I also, <laughs> I also had every intention of doing rock just then, and I still did scissors. So I don't know what happened. I think that like this, this is my favorite part of the podcast because it doesn't make any fucking sense, and I'm still incapable of doing it. My problem is every time I say scissors at the end, my my hand just goes into the scissors. Maybe that's pose. why I did it. Yeah. Okay. We also were like really off this time. It's, a it's mess. okay. Anyways, I'm going first today. It's okay. I was refereeing and I said it was a good clean match. Oh, okay. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> well, you get to choose who goes first, but you can go first oh. if you want to. Mm, I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to read this tiny font. Uh, to start this off, I want to tell you a little bit about the location that it takes place in. My overall structure for this one is basically going to be, let's talk about the location, let's talk about what this is, and then I'm going to talk about sightings. Oh. Because this is our first cryptid. Excellent. I'm so excited. I love cryptids. They're wonderful. (laughs) Oh, this is a good time to shout out Lachlan's podcast. (gasps) Yes. Which very much focuses on cryptids and like creating cryptids and storytelling Uh and also like going through cryptids that already exist Mm -hmm. um and we have shouted this out in the past but we we got the name wrong (laughs) so this time this time it's the right name for it is the ghoul tank the ghoul tank and Um, it's awesome yeah so check that out if you really like cryptids we we stay on lachlan Mm -hmm. Well, this is the um, cryptid, the Loveland Frogman, or I don't know if they say Loveland, like if they enunciate both of those, or if it's Loveland. I'm not sure, but I'm just gonna pretend I know. Um, I like the I like the slip into the British accent. I'm not there. sure. <laughs> I was I've been watching Gotta a lot keep of Harry them on Potter. Their toes. <laughs> um, so we're gonna talk a little bit about Loveland, <laughs> Ohio. Um, this is a suburb that is like incorporated in the greater Cincinnati area mm-hmm. um, in the southwestern part of Ohio. Uh, for context, in 2021, the population was counted at 13,191. Okay. So it's a small town. It's yeah. a, little, a little cheeky bite. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Uh- <laughs> That's like basically same size as Linden I think. yeah uh, Linden yeah. is um slightly larger mm-hmm. which is saying something yes Linden is trash oh <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it on the podcast um I don't think any of us are yeah no one is <laughs> uh in its youth Loveland Ohio was a busy railroad town but now it's a major stop like a cutesy stop along the Little Miami Scenic Trail, which follows along the Little Miami River, which goes like right through this town. And there's like many bridges and like crossings of both the railroad and like road, like bridges for cars, like all over. So it's like very incorporated into the space is that river, Mm -hmm. which is important for the context of the story. Okay. Uh, (laughs) A couple fun facts that I found about it is that the town was named after James Loveland, who was the owner of the general store and post office 
way back when when the town was founded which I think is really cute um <laughs> awesome it also sometimes is called the little Switzerland of the Miami Valley the little oh. the little of the little Miami Valley there's a lot of littles in this yeah excuse me it's also called the sweetheart of Ohio and their like town flag has like a heart on it it's really why cute. is everything so tiny I don't know it's really cute <laughs> um Apparently, I saw this on one source, and then I proceeded to exit out of that source, and I have yet to find this again or any other information oh, no. about it, so it could not be true. But apparently, like, one of the only, like, full mastodons that we have, like, recovered was found in the gravel pit in Loveland, which is kind of cool. I'm going to have to have you remind me what a mastodon is. It's like a, you know, it's like a... Like a really big elephant? Yeah, it's kind of like an elephant. Oh, okay. Or like a mammoth. I'm glad I asked. I was thinking some bird-like creature. So, <laughs> no. Get it together. Yeah, geez. Know your dinosaurs. Can't you tell that Nikon and I really like dinosaurs as children? <laughs> Not that that's a dinosaur, but whatever. Whatever. Leave me alone. Uh, also, this town was the center of the temperance movement in Ohio. <laughs> Which I think is kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to set the tone for like small town vibes, small country town, river town, mm-hmm. working town, railroads, you know, yeah. cozy, such and such. Sounds so lovely, right? Well, it Pun also intended. is a small town and that makes me immediately suspicious. I want you to carry the air of suspicion through this whole thing. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> also, you you cut off my pun, and I said I was like, "Sounds lovely, isn't it?" But then I was like, "Pun intended," it and it's fine. Oh no, I heard it. It was wonderful. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, let's get sinister then. Um, so, historically, there have been rumors of sightings of these frogmen around the Little Miami River in this town. There have been three main stories that we'll discuss over the course of many years okay um the first that i will discuss is the one from 1955 secondly i will discuss the sighting in 1972 and third we will discuss the sighting in 2016 okay um here's a rough description of what 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 it looks like what we're dealing with Hmm. At least this is like a general description compiled from all three stories. Okay. So like if you Google it, this is kind of what like you see people doodling and such. Roughly four feet tall. Okay. Which for the non-metric people is 1.2 meters. Wow. You really, you went for it. Fuck yeah, I did. I love, I love me some frogs from some frogmen. (laughs) Um, They have rough leathery skin bulging like frog eyes like up at the top of their head Mm. potentially horns question mark or spines like almost like a crocodile i don't know uh and then webbed feet and hands i'm not appreciating these descriptions you're welcome i you're really not going to appreciate the pictures okay (laughs) actually i think you're gonna love the pictures (laughs) because i thought they were awesome (laughs) Oh, during this entire episode, I'm holding my little frog, um, I don't know, what is he? Stuffed animal. I guess he's a stuffed animal. <laughs> uh, my little frog in my lap. He's our guest star. His name is Bert. You gotta put a picture of Bert. 
I'll, oh, oh, yeah, I'll we post, will. I'll post Bert on the story so you guys can enjoy him and his little sweater. Uh, all right, let's get into it. I would like to read this quote. This is actually a quote from Wikipedia, but this quote is, I got it from Wikipedia, but it's something that this guy said. <laughs> um, it's also in every single article that you read about this specific cryptid. Yeah. Um, but the University of Cincinnati folklore professor Edgar Slotkin, I think is how it's pronounced, compared the Loveland frog to Paul Bunyan, saying that stories about it have been passed down for several decades and that sightings, sighting reports seem to come in predictable cycles. Oh. And I would just like to follow this up with the Wikipedia in general like for this case and then also every other article that I read was very skeptical and was basically just like it's not real for sure and this is why and I'm kind of sus of that <laughs> like it's not like the the reporting in cycles isn't real or like the Loveland Frogman the Frogman people okay uh, almost every article I said takes this one piece of evidence and is like oh that proves that it's not real and I am a little bit suspicious of that, mm. so we'll get into that later. Okay. But I just wanted to preface this that, like, I'm suspicious, so I would rather all of us go into it suspiciously. Yeah. Because I think that they're too quick to be, like, they're just, there's no such thing. Yeah. And I'm a very skeptical person That's in true. general. I don't believe in, like, anything. <laughs> but I also don't have any proof that there isn't a frogman. So... That's how I feel about ghosts. That, that's how I feel about ghosts, too. Is like, if I haven't... Per I know people who've experienced things. I have experienced things. And, like, I know you, you know? <laughs> I know lots of people who say things. I, I read these stories about people seeing the frogman, and I haven't experienced that, but that doesn't mean that I just don't think it exists. So, anyways, that's just my philosophy on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's get into some sightings. Excellent. Shall we? So, May... These dates are rough, just based because of time um, and word of mouth. But May 25th, roughly, in 1955, this source is unclear. Some people in some articles named this person as Robert, Mr. Robert Honeycutt, saying he was a businessman. Okay. Most of them didn't name him at all and said that it was a traveling businessman hmm. and that he didn't live there and so they didn't actually know who he was okay i'm gonna go with that's probably the more true of the two mm -hmm. because it was only a few sources that actually named him with that name but a lot of these were word of mouth so there's a lot of things that like it could be this or it could be that so yeah. i'll do my best to make that clear uh but he was driving home from work and this part also doesn't really make sense but it was three in the morning he worked the night shift. But he, if he was a traveling salesman, why was he knocking on people's doors trying to sell them Tupperware at 3.30 in the morning? Maybe he had to drive during the night so that he could sell things during the day. May, you know, that's a really good point, actually. There we go. Let's go with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so reportedly at 3.30 a.m. and reportedly on some articles on Hopewell Road mm. in this town, this man came across some strange creatures by a bridge, question mark? Sometimes under a bridge it's described, sometimes 
like next to a bridge or he was driving over a bridge. There's yeah. a bridge involved. But it has to do with the fact that the river was flowing underneath it, basically. Yeah. Um, he described what he saw as three bipedal, grayish, reptile-like creatures. He called them frogmen, mm-hmm. although I like to call them frogmen. Frogmen. <laughs> frogmen. Uh, and said they were all about three feet tall. Oh. Um, from here, it's unclear exactly what happened, but no doubt he observed them um, from every case, said he was observing them for a short period of time, and then he either went along his way or was scared away by something that they did. Yeah. Um, in some versions of the story, they were conversing with each other in some sort of frog language, which is amazing. <laughs> I want to know what the frog language sounded like. It's like, croak. it's like croaking sounds. <laughs> like frogs make scary, like especially toads, they make yeah, like they scary, make scary screaming s- sounds. Yeah. So um, I hope it wasn't that because that would be Maybe very scary. Maybe that's what scared him away. Well, no, I'm going to tell you what, scared oh. appar- what apparently scared him away. This part's really funny. Um... So in some versions, they were conversing. In other versions, they were just, like, sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw him, and then apparently, in most of the descriptions, one of them held up some sort of, and I quote, weird metal wand, metal wand that then <laughs> ad- emitted sparks out the top, <laughs> causing the viewer... To flee the area. (laughs) If not wand, they would call it a metal cylinder. And then I saw on this forum that someone was like, I think it's just someone smoking crack under a bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny. (laughs) I mean, that sounds about right. And I mean, if you smoke a lot of crack, you don't look great. Yeah, I don't I don't know, though. Like, why were they only three feet tall? Children. Uh, oh, so you're suggesting that it was children huddled together smoking crack with, <laughs> a, with a metal crack pipe. Yes. What if it was a sparkler? Yeah, what if it was a sparkler? Yeah, listen. And it's just I don't metal. think this is a very solid, like, piece of evidence. Because this man, clearly, this is a very old story. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Um... <laughs> Yes. The only other weird thing about this one, other than the fact that this is just weird, was that allegedly they left behind the smell of alfalfa and almonds. I saw that reported in one case and in one um, report, and I laughed so hard out loud, <laughs> like alone in my apartment. The alfalfa I kind of get, but the <laughs> almonds? I don't know, but then I thought, started thinking about cyanide. Yeah, because I'm like, is it, isn't there something that does smell like almonds? I don't think it's cyanide that smells like almonds. Serono? <laughs> but no, but like... Amaretto? <laughs> me, me during the holidays? Like, I'm pretty sure there's some type of gas that smells like yeah, almonds. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, cyanide is made of almonds. Yeah, but I don't know that it smells like No, it. not that I'm aware of. I... Listen, I'm not a cyanide expert. I just think it's fucking funny that this dude was like driving down the street and he was like, wait a second, is that a, a Got- tiny frog? Or I mean, is that a giant frog holding a fucking wand, shooting sparkles out of it? <laughs> Gotta take a couple sniffs of the air. And then he just dipped, I guess? And there's no recording of like who he told this to. 
Yeah. What happened after that? This is just the story. Yeah. This is the initial sighting. Oral tradition. Yes. Although I hesitate to say initial sighting, but we'll talk about yeah. that later. But let's move on to the second sighting. And this, I think, this is the sighting, in my opinion. Mm-mm. So this is on March 3rd, 1972. Oh. And I will preface this with it was a very cold, wintry March still. Okay. Um, this centers around a police officer named Ray Shockey. He was shocked. Shocky. Uh, while doing his nightly patrols on Riverside Drive, which I will say is the furthest north, like that this reports of the three reports. Okay. It's only three miles north of the 1955 sighting. Oh, wow. Upriver, obviously. Um, so he's driving Riverside Drive patrolling along the Little Miami River at 1 a.m., he spotted something, <laughs> I don't know why I wrote chilling out on a cold winter's night. <laughs> why did I write that? I don't know. Um, suddenly, in the light of his headlights, he noticed the creature like crouched on the side of the road. <laughs> this road bordered along the river, and there was a small shoulder and then a guardrail. Mm-hmm. And then uh, beyond the guardrail was, like, a slope down to the river. Like, okay. nothing else. Just the slope down to the river. Um, like an embankment. Uh, and in my research, I actually um, I actually think it was South Riverside Avenue, not Riverside Drive. Because I, I walked about on Google, on Google Maps. I, I did a walkthrough. <laughs> and I went to Riverside Drive. And Riverside Drive was, like, a cul-de-sac at the end of, like, a long road. Mm. And when it... When you went like further south down the river, it the road it's like the same road, but it just changed to South Riverside Drive. Oh, okay. So I think it's just like colloquialized probably as like Riverside Drive. Yeah. Um, or they could have just meant the drive that is Riverside too. That's true. Yeah. I don't know the context of how they were writing it, but um, or what the streets were named at that time. Yeah, I also did, I just had a, like a cheeky little like Google Maps walk around all Amazing. of I walked from the northernmost sighting to the southmost sighting and like felt like I conceptualized how far apart they were. <laughs> I love how much effort you put into this. Yes. Uh, so if you pass a bridge in two blocks south of Riverside Drive, the road just changes to South Riverside Avenue. So I think that's actually where it and the reason why I think that also is because the cul-de-sac area doesn't have metal guardrails but Mm. if you and it's also not like directly on the river like embankment yeah but slightly south two blocks it is so i think that that's he was probably leaving riverside drive when this happened i just felt like that was important (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to go on a cheeky walk on google maps (laughs) um so shocky stopped and looked toward the creature in the headlights the creature then slowly stood up no (laughs) while looking in the direction of the vehicle Mm. so he's still in the vehicle um it stood in his report at around four feet tall at full stance when it stood up to a full like when it was squaring up erect position when it was squaring up (laughs) i don't think it was squaring up (laughs) Um, after rising its, to its feet, the creature climbed over the guardrail out of view. 
Mm. like out of the light and into the like little foresty area down to the river um pencil drawings believed to be by shaki himself although there's i can't find a source for it but there is a what people call like an original pencil drawing of what he saw i just don't know if like someone else sketched it or he did yeah um but this picture concept has been remade into a lot of other depictions of the frog because this initial drawing isn't very good it's just like a sketch um but it depicts the frogman as bipedal with webbed feet and hands with cranial horns sticking up next to its eyes mm-hmm. and rows of spines down its back um, and of course the large like bulging oval eyes sticking up in its head how all frogs yeah. tend to look uh Fellow officers were then called to the scene and allegedly found scratch marks on the metal guards. There's no proof or photos of this to actually, like, elucidate this claim. So I kind of feel like they were yanking his chain. Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is really sad and also a trend in this story for him. Uh, So that's... Ray Shockey's experience with the frogman. Yeah. He then obviously drove away and reported it to his fellow officers, and that's how they went and found it as well. well. This got around as well. The thing is, though, he had to have been sure enough to report it to other people. Yeah, but it wasn't formally reported because there's no police report. Oh, okay. But I think he, like, said something, and then they, like, came out there because he was, like, freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> Which... I would be freaked out if I saw like a yeah a frog like square up at me in the middle of the road and then just like leave <laughs> and just like dip just saunter off ooh saunter <laughs> with those webbed feet slapping on the no. pavement <laughs> that was awful um so then this further changes as two weeks later another officer by the name of Mark Matthews who's a fucking snake in my opinion oh get right i don't have any reason to feel that strongly about it i just personally think he's a snake thank you good night uh (laughs) so mark matthews was driving along that river i think a different road also at night and it was again reportedly an icy night on the roads okay on the roads i guess that's right um (laughs) en route he spotted what he thought was a dead animal on the side of the road Matthews claimed at this time, now I'm going to specify that this is him telling the story when it happened. Okay. He does change his story later, though. Okay. Although some people say he didn't change it, but I think he changed his story. Uh, he claimed to exit his vehicle with the intention of removing the what he thought was a dead animal from the street. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was, like, in the road, in the road, or if it was, like, on the shoulder, but he was like, I'll get out and, like, I don't know, push it into the bushes or something. Uh, when he exited the vehicle, the creature stood up from its crouched position. It does not specify on two legs, but it does say, like, stood up, like, yeah, whatever that means for something that could either have be bipedal or quadrupedal um it stood up from its crouched position and made its way over the guardrail he then as it was crawling over recognized it to be what his fellow officer had called the frogman in the heat of the moment matthews shot at it oh yeehaw 
who writes about cryptids but he's from the uk and he literally made a joke about americans yeehaw like at that part and i just like can't stop thinking about the it the way so that I- you apathetically <laughs> just said yeehaw yeehaw uh so he shot at it some sources say that he shot it and hit it yeah some say he missed and it got away over the guardrail i fucking hope it got away over the guardrail yeah Bro about, was just minding his business. Yeah, how about let's <laughs> not shoot at anything that moves? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Anyways. So apparently later he changed his story, in my opinion. Or the story is just different in some sources. But from what I can tell, and what I'll say a little bit later, is that he retells what happened much later. Mm-hmm. Like much later, thirty plus okay. years later, yeah, and it it's a very definitive thing that he says that I I just don't I don't know I don't know okay. But when you read about it, when you're just reading about the occurrence in 1972, then he he doesn't specify that he actually shot it, and he doesn't specify the other stuff that I will tell you later. Okay. Anywho, we'll talk about that version later. Right now, we're going to jump ahead to another silly occurrence. This one happening in mid-August 2016. Oh, wow. With a teenager, 17-year-old, I believe, um, named Sam Jacobs. So I just put yourself in 2016. It was a bad year. The clowns. The clowns. Oh, yeah. What else that Hollywood have no knowledge of Pokemon Go. Yes. I know because that's what outed me. Yes. Pokemon (laughs) Go came out in July 2016. That's important to this part. So on a summery August day, Sam Jacobs and either an unidentified friend or his girlfriend, sometimes it said they were dating, I don't know, never mentions their name. Uh... They were on a walk playing Pokemon Go together, which was very all the rage at the time. It was just a month afterwards. That's actually when I was playing Pokemon Go so much that I dropped my brand new phone and I shattered the entire thing the day, less than 24 hours after I got it. Yeah, that's devastating. That was the worst day ever. Uh, (laughs) um, While walking and playing, Jacobs wandered across the train tracks and the banks of Lake Isabella. I looked it up. This is a little lake that exists in a little park, and the little Miami River goes around it. Oh. So it doesn't actually touch it, but it's like a body of water that goes like right next to it, and then just the river continues south past it. It just like completely avoids it and then goes south. Um, But it's all in that same column of like the river. Mm -hmm. This location is directly one mile south of Hopewell Road, which is the location of the 1955 sighting. Uh, Hopewell Road runs perpendicular to the Little Miami where he's crossing the bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, The third location that we are 
now including, makes the radius from the three locations only four miles apart. That's in really a com- close. Completely like north to south directionally, almost. Yeah. It's like a little bit curved, but it's very like along the river directly. Yeah. Very close. Like I actually was surprised it was one mile away when I looked it up. I think it was point nine. Yeah. Like it, it's very close. Um, I just find the the proximity to be interesting. Yeah, the proximity like lends itself to being more believable. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. It's not a very big town, but still. Well, yeah. I mean, because usually. I feel like when you're like, oh, Bigfoot exists out there. You know, people <laughs> people say that they see Bigfoot or whatever, like any, everywhere, all of the cryptids in like lots of different places. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or like if there's some reason for it to be specifically in that place, then that makes sense, and it's usually in just like one single place. Mm-hmm. But like this is in multiple places in the same area. Yeah, and know? this this area too just geographically is like heavy with cryptids it's not that far away from the town in virginia west virginia where mothman was seen i I don't know the exact distance but it's not that far away there's also other aquatic related cryptids noted in kentucky which is directly south of that um this be cryptid country yeah it'd be cryptid country for sure (laughs) why be talking like this (laughs) Um, so I don't know. I just think that's sus. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen a frogman, so I can't say that they don't exist. That's but fair. But anyways, when looking up from his phone, Jacobs, he's just, you know, catching some Pokemon. Uh, he saw a frog-like creature standing in the water. It stood around, he said, four feet tall, and it stared in his direction when they, like, made eye contact, which is cursed. They locked eyes. Oh. It was a meat cute. Aw. <laughs> oh no. And thus the frogmen were born. <laughs> oh no, that's cursed. Oh no. Um, he clarifies to authorities that he saw a huge frog. He literally says this, not on the game. <laughs> he says, I swear on my grandmother's grave that this is the truth. <laughs> this kid. I know. It's so stupid. Um, as soon as he saw it, he started taking photos of it with his flash on. It was darker out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it caused this, like, laser eyes effect in the photo. Uh, like when you take a picture of a cat in the dark. Yeah, and it has, like, the yeah. mirrored reflection of their eyes. Um, I'll show you this picture. I personally don't think this is true. <laughs> it looks like a lawn ornament to me. <laughs> You look like a lawn ornament to me. It looks like Bert. Rude. (laughs) It's so bad. It does kind of look like a lawn ornament. It doesn't look right to me. I don't not. It also doesn't look. It also doesn't look big enough. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, well, it's in the water. You're. Okay. I'm not in the water. (laughs) I don't know. It's you can look at it on Instagram. It's kind of a weird picture. It's really grainy, and the, like, brightness of the photo has been, like, turned up a lot, so, like, there could be, like, deceiving shadows from the water and stuff. Yeah. But what it, what it looks like is, like, the frogman, I guess, 
standing in the in the water probably from the waist whatever like the frog waist down is submerged in the water and then like from the waist up he's like t-posing loki like (laughs) and with the eyes too it just looks like a meme yeah it looks like a meme but i also like i could see how it's like a laser eyes effect coming from it but i i don't know it's i'm suspicious of that one but hey you know this kid whatever um (laughs) so that is the 2016 report this one was mostly only reported on local news stations that interviewed sam jacobs um briefly most of them say the same thing the thing that he says i swear on my grandmother's grave the thing that he says where i swear it wasn't a pokemon that i was seeing on the game it was a real frog etc etc That is the 2016 sighting. However, here comes fucking Mark Matthews again. He's still alive? He's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how old he was in the 70s, but that's a long time. I mean, I guess not, but... To 2016? That's, like, normal. Just die already. (laughs) Vibes. Here comes Mark Matthews again, little bitch. So, like, what? Like, 40 years later, yeah. mental math. He shows up again, this bitch. <laughs> After the local news stations reported on Sam Jacobs' account, he called the local news station oh. with the intention to, quote, clear up some misunderstandings. It didn't happen to you, Mark. Shut sus. up. Sus, right? Yeah. That's Sus. Seems like he's covering something up like he's in league with the frogman. He's the frogman. He is the frogman. Oh no. <laughs> he transforms he on the, the full moon. Report. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in this version of the story, he shot at the creature hoping to capture it. He killed it and put it in his trunk. He claimed to show it to Officer Shockey, and they determined it was actually an iguana that had no tail. And a wait, what state are they in? Ohio. I'll explain. Just hold that thought. Hold that thought. Drink your wine. Okay. Drink it. (laughs) Peer pressure. (laughs) Um, They determined that it was an iguana with no tail, which would explain why they didn't immediately recognize it as an iguana when they first saw it, Mm -hmm. according to Matthews. They then would theorize that it was someone's pet that had escaped or was released when it grew too big for its enclosure, which does happen. Yeah. Remember when that snake lived in my apartment secretly? Yeah. That was like someone's pet that escaped That's, or they, yeah. they had released because they couldn't take care of it anymore, which is so sad. Please don't do that to animals. Yeah, don't do that. Because I had to live with a snake. But also, accident. if it was freezing out. I'm going to get to that. Okay. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> He then goes on to say that, quote, it was all a hoax that had been blown out of proportion and that people make big stories for fun, but they don't reflect reflect reality. That's not like a direct quote, but basically those three things are what he said that like Mm -hmm. it was a hoax. It was blown out of proportion and that people are like talking big because they like think that it happened in the 50s. Yeah. Which I feel like mm -mm, seems sus. Yeah. Also, just let people have their things that give them joy. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely a skeptic, but I'm not out here, like, I'm not about to ruin the fun. Yeah. I, if there's a frogman, do Oh, yeah. 
that's awesome. Let's have tea. <laughs> I want to I want to hear about your life. I have so many questions. Uh, come on the podcast, <laughs> Frogman. Um, allegedly, he said also that he, the reason why he said any of this back in the seventies so that was so that he could make his coworker lo- sound less crazy because Shocky did get a lot of like negative flack for what happened. If that's true, I can kind of commend that, but also there are other ways to do it. Here's the thing. He seems like an asshole because of this, so why would he have been trying to be nice back then? Also, people who are actually nice don't go on public record to be like, I was just trying to be nice. Yeah, that's true. And people who do that are serial killers. (laughs) That's, That's also true. That's the same energy as when serial killers will, like, go participate in the search for the dead body because it makes them have good because they're like i'm helping yeah they're like i'm a hero okay anyways a debunk that lots of people mention in a lot of reports is how believable is it because the lizard theory because lizards can't live in extremely cold and extremely wet environments yeah and it was apparently a very cold march and it was a very icy night because both of them did say that the roads were icy when they were out there I Googled it. Mm-hmm. I Googled literally, what is the lowest temperature an iguana can tolerate? <laughs> and according to CBS, <laughs> iguanas become dormant, sluggish, lethargic at around 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Which oh, so is, there's no way there's it would no be up and way. climbing over a barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Although well, that's some... That's so easy to shoot. Ah. Yes. So some people say that the reason why it was there was because... Both of these uh, were reported to have taken place right across the street as a factory, and so they were like, they were warming themselves on the pipes. I think that's a stupid theory. There's no base for that. That's just, like, an assumption of, like, what's a warm thing that's nearby. Yeah. (laughs) That's, like, the same thing as, like, they are just, like, hiding in someone's basement. If they were warming themselves on the pipes, why would they leave the pipes to go out in the cold? Especially at night. Yeah. So, and, like... Yeah, I guess at night maybe they would try to go hunt, but not if it was that cold, especially if they're reported to be, like, sluggish or dormant well, at that also, temperature. Well, also, iguanas aren't nocturnal creatures. That's true. Why would they be going out hunting at night? I, like I said, I think this is <laughs> stupid. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that he remembers it differently after 40 years. I think he wants clout. I also think he wants clout. It's literally not about you, Matthews. Yeah. Shut up, sir. Get out of here. Yeah. Especially Your time like has here's here's another thing. Like with the clout thing. That could be said for this the original report too. Because Officer Shockey was the one who actually saw it and had the original report. And then two weeks later, mind you, I didn't mention on St. Patrick's Day, he was probably drunk off his ass. Oh yeah. I saved that for now on purpose. Doesn't it kind of seem like he was just shooting the shit and, like, pulling his chain? Like, yeah, or, like, yanking his chain. Like, or, like, I feel like he didn't see anything. Unloaded around and had to make up an excuse as to why he's missing a couple bullets. Oof. And that's on racism. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I did not look up the like those demographics in the town, but I should have. <laughs> it's 
Google's missing persons on 19, March 1972. I'm not trying lie. to accuse anyone of crimes, mm. but... Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, 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 it's fine. He's probably dead by now. It's only been like six years. It's only... Criminal. <laughs> Shit. Okay, anyway. We're gonna get sued. We're gonna get sued as libel. So, slander. basically now, I'm just gonna go over a couple other things that people have brought up as explanations for why these sightings occurred debunking them or etc some people say it could have been like a mangy dog that had like a really bad like skin infection that was hairless um that's actually a fair point i think it's a fair point however why is the dog on two legs I guess if it was, like, putting its front paws up to climb over the railing, but would it not have just jumped? Well, if it's sick, though. I get... But if it has a skin infection, that doesn't necessarily mean that it has any, like... That's true. Other ailments. I don't know. Anyway, so some some articles mention that. Eh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, some have made connections to actually the local uh, Native American tribe in the area. Um... I will kind of touch on this a little bit just because I do think that as far as like folk uh, vocal tradition and you know cultural community like can seep in many ways among like a larger community yeah um and there were a couple of the like cryptozoology websites I was looking at that did mention that the Shawnee I think is how it's pronounced the Shawnee tribe in that area they do have what they call, I think is pronounced Shanahook or River Demon. Okay. Which they call, or like, is like a mythical creature that is bipedal and reptilian in nature. Oh. Granted, the reports were from white people, as far as I know. Okay. But still, those stories can kind of seep in and out of communities. Well, also, was it like, I mean, the the actual creature is They're talking about? Yeah, is, isn't like created, that mythology isn't created by white people and put on. No, 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 no. I just mean that the sightings people, were, right? yes. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. I, I didn't mean to make it confusing, but basically like this is a, this is a tradition for them. This is like a mythical creature that they, well, I don't know, and it's not necessarily mythical, but it is a part of their myth. And I do think that it's more than a little bit coincidental that that would happen in the same location. Yeah. Um, Especially because, like, in the town, like, the Loveland Frogman is, like, a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I could see connections that way. I also could see, for my own, like, devil's advocate self, it, or at least devil's advocate to all these sources, is that, like, that, to me, feels like, oh, like, there's a Frogman out there. The, yeah. The, there's probably, there's probably more than one Frogman. I mean, if, if there are, like... Lot, lots and lots of oral traditions going back many, many years and, like, cross-culturally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking, too. I'm sorry if I made that sound confusing there in the middle bit, but that... I, no, yeah. Uh, my brain is fuzzy. But, so, that's another explanation that many people apply toward it. 
another one that I actually think this one's actually really interesting to me. Um, there was a surge in bipedal aquatic monsters in the media in the late 40s and 50s. Interesting. Namely, the creature of the Black Lagoon movie Mm -hmm. had premiered just one year prior to the 1955 sighting. Okay. The creature of the Black Lagoon came out in 1954. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting comparison. Yeah. Or aspect to say that, like, because a lot of times with cryptids, something happens in the media and then they're like uh, people say a lot about uh, UFO sightings yeah after a big alien surge of movies or series comes out then there's like more sightings and it's like what's that thing when um <laughs> there's a word for it Lachlan always says it <laughs> I can't think of the word when you hear about something so you see it more or you notice it oh, more confirmation bias yes oh yeah Mm-hmm. Sort of like that. Yeah. Um, I should have looked that up. Well, it's also like making me, this, it's also making me like go down my old monster theory. Yes. Trails. Let's go. Let's and, go. Monster theory. <laughs> and being like, if at that time, culturally, there was a rise in like reptilian creatures mm-hmm. and cryptids, mm-hmm. I'm wondering like what was going on in that cultural moment that people were afraid of or was like creating anxieties around mm-hmm. because that could be that could be creating like the rise of yeah sightings and like it's it's like a chain reaction yeah because like I mean you see like years ago when there was all of the rise of like zombie movies yep. and everything mm-hmm. had a lot to do with a lot of the like cultural and political moments that we were mm-hmm. living through because we were also at the end of the zombie kick or mm-hmm. at the beginning of the zombie kick we were nearing the end of the huge surge in dystopian fiction yeah mm-hmm. which then reawakened a second wave of dystopian fiction specifically centered around zombies yeah well and it like generally what monsters we focus on mm-hmm. tend to correlate a lot yeah. with like the cultural fears mm-hmm. of the moment it's a reflection of your inner psyche yeah yeah and like as if you take that as like a society it can be like if it's a cultural like phenomenon it can be the reflection of mm-hmm. the cultural exactly fears. so exactly which is why i think that that one is very interesting yeah especially for the the sighting in the 1950s yeah because it, it it was just different you know like in 2016 that was such a here and there it was over the mm-hmm. 70s one like there were way more reports of it like actual written reports that I could look at but the the one that happened in the 50s like that's all word of mouth yeah and it was like a more substantial encounter yes yeah with the wand and shit yeah and the crack it's interesting <laughs> yeah I'm, I don't know I'm like I don't want to speculate too much because I like haven't done enough research no. about that area. Uh, yeah, or, and I like, haven't that either. Time period, but I just wanted to put it. I, I haven't either, and that's yeah. why I didn't want to get too deep into it. Um, but I just, I thought it was an interesting, interesting thing that that came yeah. out one year prior to the in, quote initial sighting. And I keep saying quote initial sighting because there's probably there are probably more. Yeah. And if we include what was going on 
with the traditions and myths in the tribe nearby, then like then that goes that back. goes back forever. And yeah. I don't want to just say that something is initial because it was a white person that said it. Yeah, because that's gross. <laughs> but I will end this on a very fun, wholesome note. The Loveland Frogman is the only cryptid to be honored with a musical written about him. Yes, that is right. Wait. Yes, that is right. (laughs) I said that. Yes, it is. This is a fun bonus. In 2014, Joshua Steele and Mike Hall, local actors and playwrights in Cincinnati, adapted the legend into a bluegrass musical called, wait, hot damn, it's the Loveland Frog. (laughs) Hot damn. Hot damn, exclamation point. It's the Loveland Frog, exclamation point. Was the Loveland Frog wearing fishnet tights and like high heels is my question. (laughs) Hot damn. I don't know, but I fucking love it. Apparently one of those men um that wrote it they they grew one of them grew up in in loveland area or or he spent a lot of time there he i don't know either way but they were both from cincinnati um it premiered at the cincinnati fringe fest um and the plot (sighs) oh no (laughs) essentially the main man is luke honeywell and he sets off with his girlfriend, I forget her name, I think it was Darlene or something, and his ragtag bluegrass band no. to save Peepaw. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Who has been re- captured by the Loveland frog? <laughs> Peepaw's being held hostage. <laughs> I wish I could go back in time when I was directing in directing in college yeah. and direct hot damn it's the loveland frog because that would have been amazing oh god it's so funny what was the theater what was the loveland frog's motive for for taking the transcription but (laughs) when i read that part i was like this is the greatest thing i've ever heard in my entire life and i love that it occurred in 2014 which is before the final sighting yeah so these dudes were just like this is he was like man this is my folklore yeah he was like, "This is the, the these are my people." He was like, "The Frogmen, it's my people." And then he wrote a fucking musical about it for the Cincinnati Fringe Festival. That's amazing. That's phenomenal. I know. I wanna, I wanna see it performed. Oh, I love it so much. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways, I'll just um, I'm gonna post a couple pictures to the Instagram, but I'll show Holly the additional photo. Here, this is a, um, one of the many renditions of the climbing over the guardrail this one this is the one that's featured on the wikipedia page that is just a frog (laughs) that is just a frog with a guardrail next to it does this not look (laughs) no 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 does this not look exactly like the low budget like villains in like uh season nine doctor who yes it does (laughs) it's so bad oh it's so bad um and then i'll also show there's like so that picture of the guardrail and the frog walking towards it there's like so many different versions of that but my favorite one's the one with the butt oh no (laughs) somebody i think someone drew this as a joke this has to be a joke they drew it but they gave him the most exquisite ass i've ever seen in my (laughs) entire life and i'm not gonna put this one on like the main slides but i will post it on on our instagram story because that's fucking funny (laughs) That booty is fucking juicy. 
Oh my god. Also, why does she have very human like feet? It like makes this is the most uncomfortable photo of the entire world. Anyways, that that's the well, Loveland frog. frog. Man. Yeah, yeah, but it's supposed to have webbed feet. <laughs> and why does it have the juiciest ass? It's so I've never seen an ass drawn that like intensely. I mean, he spent so much time running from the cops. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's just got that juicy cake, booty, you know? <laughs> god anyways so that was probably my new favorite cryptid the loveland frogman that's amazing and now i'm going to drink wine and listen nice did you have sources you wanted to oh say? i will shout out my sources um i feel like i looked at way more articles i than think this. You, you mentioned a lot of them while you were um, talking but i didn't want to shout out them specifically there's a couple that i just wanted to highlight of course the wikipedia page wikipedia is great um support them there was a website called The Portalist that had some interesting info. Um, there was uh, Skeptoid is actually a podcast um, with with I, I wrote Bran, but it's Brian. Oh wait, I think that's the same. Wait, what's his last name? Dunning. Yeah, that's the same Brian who I referenced for my um, uh, the Hoyabachi Forest. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Dunning. I wrote B-Ran. I'm so sorry to have disgraced you this way. Or B-Ran. He was very skeptical, skeptical of the Loveland frog, Yeah, he though. was also very, I mean, the podcast is called Skeptoid. Listen, I'm skeptical, but, but I'm out here to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> we also, had this same conversation about the, the Hoyabachu forest. Yeah. And his take on yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that yeah. now. Okay. Uh, I'll shout out two more. Uh, there was an NBC local station um, for Cincinnati uh, it's called WLWT. I could not figure out what that's like an acronym for. Um, but they had a great article on it that like covered all three. It was very sequential. And then the best one that I read was the guy who said yeehaw. Um, <laughs> his name was Darren Nash, I think is how it's pronounced. And he is one of the authors of the Cryptozoologicon which is produced in collaboration with John Conway and C.M. Kozman, and he has a blog page called Tetzu, and he talks about the frogman in length, and then he also, like, talks about his book, and they talk about it in the book, apparently. Um, and they're apparently coming out with a second one. Uh, so it, it's on Amazon. Uh, he was the one who was like, yeehaw, Murica, when the it, part uh, where he shot at the frog excellent which i think is fucking funny because it's true it it's true okay i'll stop talking now okay that was so long <laughs> that was wonderful <laughs> Thank um, you. that was everything i hoped it would be and kind of a little bit more i fucking um, love it yeehaw yeehaw yeehaw, yeehaw hot damn <laughs> <laughs> amazing um so to to keep on the goofy train i guess um <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the so, cheese caves. So goofy. Yeah. I'm so excited for you to talk about the cheese caves. I know. I hope I do it justice. You will. Um, I'll say my sources first. Um, I have uh, from The Modern Farmer an Tag article. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> an article with the longest title ever that says, yes, the government really does stash billions of pounds of cheese in Missouri caves by Emily Baron Cadloff. Uh, I felt like I was getting whiplash. <laughs> yeah, it's too Such long a long of a title. title. Um, I have um, Wikipedia, as per usual. I I have been really loving the history.com articles. Oh, um, history.com, man. They have good <laughs> shit. 
so I have one from history.com called How the U.S. Ended Up with Warehouses Full of Government Cheese by Aaron Blakemore. Um, oh, my God. And then I have uh, from Atlas Obscura, why, oh, did, yes. why did the U.S. government amass more than a billion pounds of cheese by <laughs> Diana Hubble. Um, you going through the sources before telling about it for everybody who doesn't know what you're talking about is really cursed. I love it. And I this is exactly how I wanted to preface it. <laughs> so awful. Um, <laughs> so, um, as of the beginning of 2022, Jesus. the U.S. government owns 1.4 billion pounds of cheese. Oh, my God. Um. A good amount of which is stored in caves in Missouri, which are called the Cheese Caves. I um, want to go there so bad. I'm lactose intolerant a little bit, but it's fine. We make sacrifices. Um, it, I believe it's Spring, yeah, it's Springfield, Missouri, where most of the Cheese Caves are. I I just can feel my stomach hurting. <laughs> I'm not lactose intolerant, I guess. Well, who knows? I just have most, stomach problems. Most people are like humans by nature are lactose intolerant we've just developed tolerance to it over the years you know but some most people are lactose everyone listening i just would like to remind you to take your lactase pill right now before holly talks about the how many one point uh well at least right now there's 1.4 billion pounds but there have been more (laughs) (laughs) i love cheese Okay, so the the first question that we're all asking is, how and why does the government have these stockpiles of cheese? Um, <laughs> um, Do tell. The, the, the first important thing to note is that they don't only have cheese. They also That's have... disappointing. Yeah, they also have powdered milk and oh. butter. Okay, so it's still dairy products. Yeah, it's all dairy products. Um, but they're also stored in caves outside of Springfield, Springfield, Missouri. Um, it's a set of caves off of Interstate 435, and they're they're largely held in the caves because the caves offer a kind of natural cold storage. Okay, I was gonna ask um, if that was why. Yeah, because I was like Missouri, like it's so. Also, why not Wisconsin? Hello. Yeah, no, and it's Missouri mostly because that's where like the USDA kind of yeah. originated. Originated. Ooh. Originated. Um. That has the same energy as when the girls on the women on Morbid say Oregon when they say Oregon. It drives me fucking crazy. I love that podcast so much, but But it's originated. (laughs) Oregonated. 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 Oh. (laughs) We're so annoying today. Okay. Um but the the storing of dairy products in these caves um, originally started with the milk market in the U.S. Um, milk prices in the U.S. used to be extremely variable depending on demand, um, especially because the like primary time primary time for dairy like. I was gonna say dairy harvesting, but that's not the right word. Um, Ooh, that like gives me gross chills. But mm, for harvest the dairy, <laughs> for the I was miming. Uh, no one can see me, but I literally mimed the hand motion that you do when you um, milk a cow. <laughs> God, 
the the prime time for dairy production is um in the spring but the the like largest demand for dairy in the u.s is around fall where the start of school happens because the u.s pushes you know dairy and lots of school lunches and stuff like mm-hmm. that so there's that's you know with the most heavy ad campaigns for no reason well i'll get to the ad campaigns actually oh no yeah um milk ads well the milk ads were okay i'll some, get there well um <laughs> i almost just yelled the he needs some milk <laughs> he needs some, he needs milk. some milk um <laughs> disgusting but the because because milk prices were so variable, dairy farmers were having like a very hard time, you right. know, Especially surviving. It's like a, obviously, like it's a seasonal thing too. Yeah, like de- supply and demand. Yeah, it was just a lot, and and so following the Great Depression, especially, um, the CCC, the Commodity Credit Corporation, was given the authority to purchase dairy products on behalf of the U.S. government um, under the 1949 Agricultural Act of 1949, which seems like, yeah. They also, they need a better name. I know. Like Milk Mamas or something. (laughs) I don't think that's better. No, that's better. Milk Mamas of 1949 Uh, gave the CCC. The CCC should be called the Milk Mamas. You mis- I'm sorry, you misunderstand oh, me. Oh, my bad. The Agricultural Act of 1949 gave oh. the milk mamas <laughs> the approval to purchase dairy products. I hate this. I'm leaving. <laughs> Don't leave. We need you to record it um, in your banter. It's a good thing you got that little bit there. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate you, Nikon. I know. Hmm. But yes. I appreciate you too. Anyway, oh, <laughs> the, cut it out. <laughs> the the CCC was created during the Great Depression as a way to like help stimulate the economy and like create jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then in 1970, and that like did work a bit. It like helped stabilize a bit of the the prices of dairy. But then in 1973, dairy pr- prices inflated. Um, in part because of there being a lot of, like, the government was able to buy a lot of, you know, there was a lot of demand. Um, (laughs) nice. (laughs) Um, but when the, but when the government tried to step in in 1973, the prices fell too low. So it was just like a very big, like, whiplash in the dairy market. Yeah. Um, and so then in 1977, Jimmy Carter set a subsidy policy that put $2 billion back into the dairy industry to help level things out. Um, and as a result of that, dairy farmers took advantage of that support. And the government essentially, like, part of that support was the government buying all of their excess milk that yeah. they were producing. Yeah. And so then the government would process that milk into cheese and butter and powdered milk because it was easier to store because milk goes bad very quickly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so... That's what my dad calls government cheese, which okay. is like, are you going to talk about yeah. government cheese? Because uh-huh. my dad always talked about government cheese when we were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when, when I was a kid. But 
Yeah, and so the government processed it all into cheese, butter, and powdered milk, but then their supply of of all of those dairy products ballooned, and they had over 500 million pounds stored in 35 different states. (gasps) Oh, shit. (laughs) Why are they, like, spreading it around? It's so weird. Because otherwise everyone will just get allergic. (laughs) So much dairy in one place. Yeah. It just it would be in the air. <laughs> oh, no. Ooh, do you think it smells cheesy in there? Oh, I bet. It probably think- actually smells like the dairy gold plant in I was gonna. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. I was just going to say I know probably- exactly what that smells like. <laughs> oh, like sour. Like, um. It, they used to funnel out the smoke into my middle school. Yeah, it smells like, like, I would describe Delicious. that smell as, like, um, metallic sour cream. Yeah. <laughs> but damp yeah metallic sour cream but the water that sits on top of the sour cream but it also tastes like pennies yep yeah that's yep that's it um yeah so they were they were storing all of these dairy products um one of the ways that they were able to do this and like able to have all of these dairy products was because of um james lewis craft of craft cheese um (laughs) my king who in 1916 patented american cheese um as like an invention and since then the u.s has been able to create cheese that could not cheese it was very specific cheese products yeah it's not actual cheese that could last for years which is why it tastes Oh, good. <laughs> because it can last for years. Because it's made of plastic. Yeah. But so since 1916, the government has had this capability. Um, Superpower. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Nikon. What did you say? The technology. The technology. <laughs> I think it's a superpower. <laughs> so then. Love cheese. We've got all of these millions of pounds of cheese. What to do with all that cheese? Where do uh, we put it? <laughs> In 1981, um, a USDA official was quoted saying, probably the cheapest and most practical thing to do would be to dump it in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. That was probably so loud. That was so funny. (laughs) And they were saying this because it cost, like, millions of dollars to store it. Yeah. And so they were like... What do we do with all of this cheese? We have too much of it. We don't. We're drowning. They should in have it. called me in. Reinforcements. <laughs> I'm fucking hungry. Yeah. Um, and also, also in 1981, we've got good old Ronald Reagan. No. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. The slander is coming. Good. Fuck him. Um. So Ronald Reagan. Fuck him. Thank you. <laughs> you say it every time. Was was elected on a platform of criticizing um, welfare queens, which or like poor people who were supposedly gaming the system to get like government support. Um, which, if you all don't know, that isn't a thing. First of all, that's not. Yeah, that's like that's, still rhetoric. Yeah, now. that's still rhetoric now. It's extremely harmful it's so and harmful. like. I've been on the receiving end of that <sighs> rhetoric, and it's not f- fun at all. And it's 
very harmful to people who are who actually need help and and also we we also need to acknowledge that like the reason why people need like need the support from the government is because of the government so yeah it's (laughs) like it's literally their fault yeah um they're creating a society in which people are unable to like have they're increasing the dependency yeah it's not also before you just decide that someone is doing something for like malicious reasons maybe like try to put yourself in their shoes a little bit like also you don't have to just automatically assume that someone's like trying to cheat the system like that like that is selfish if we're gonna if we're gonna like call out people for cheating the system why are we worried about someone cheating the system for like an extra bag of groceries versus yeah the like billionaires who are cheating the system for like millions of dollars exactly yeah funny how that say it louder for the people in the back (laughs) Mm -hmm. not to get spicy about it anyways maybe we should move on (laughs) yeah um but anyways anyways in 1981 Ronald Reagan was elected partly on that type of platform where he was um criticizing people who were trying to survive and um he pledged to reduce the food stamp program which is an incredibly important program for people who need to survive um meanwhile there's there's like a a shortage in the U.S. and people are increasingly having to like access these type of support programs Um, and there's this huge stockpile of dairy products that the government is saying we don't know what to do with Um, so people (laughs) (laughs) so people in the U.S. were getting like incredibly angry that there was this surplus at a time when when everyone was struggling to afford yeah, basic when they necessities. Needed it. Yeah. yeah. And so in December of 1981, Reagan freed up 30 million pounds of cheese to be handed out to elderly and low-income families. Um so the I want to point out that this was that Reagan's decision to hand out the government cheese was not because it was it was antithetical to what he was elected for and also was it was not a decision that was made because he believed in actually helping people it was more of a decision that was made because it was cheaper yeah and also if they because, need a place to store the cheese, might as well store it in the people who need to eat it. Yeah. Well, and also because everyone was getting so mad about it. Yeah. So, you know. The cheese ploy. I just don't want anyone to think of I'm the talking, 1980s. <laughs> talking good things about. No. There's there's no such thing as speaking positively about yeah. Ronald Reagan. Unless you're. Fuck him. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. So then the cheese that was handed out became known as government cheese. Government cheese. Which is like, and it was very orange and like had a very distinctive flavor apparently. I think like nowadays people just call that American cheese, Mm -hmm. but I know it to be government cheese. (laughs) It's also just fun to say government cheese. Yeah. Yeah. My dad always talks about how he'd like get the government cheese and it was in like a really cursed packaging yeah 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had like an issue with with the gov- like people who received government cheese had an issue with it a lot of times because it became kind of a symbol of your socioeconomic yeah. status. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was one thing that people were like very critical of because there was such a stigma around yeah. it. Um so like even if you needed to access that resource it wasn't super um accessible without like, like advertising yeah. yourself mm-hmm. as being of a lower socioeconomic mm-hmm. class and like having to deal with the repercussions of that in a society in which we like deem everything by mm-hmm. class. Yeah. So there was that sort of stuff was going on as well. Um but we do still have um we do still have stores of cheese for food support programs now, mm-hmm. even though the USDA did end price support programs for cheese in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, though, we still have like an excess of dairy because in 2016, dairy farmers resorted to simply dumping 43 million oh gallons God. of milk down the drain. <gasps> they worked so hard. The, the cows... Did, yeah, they worked so that, hard to make that though. That same year, the USDA bought up to twenty million dollars worth of cheese to like cut into the amount of excess that there was. Oh my god! All the hard work from the moomoos. Yeah, and like so much, so many resources yeah, just being just thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to draw away from the actual issue of that, but I just get sad for all the cows that made all of I know, they worked so hard they worked so under hard. such terrible conditions. Oh, no. <laughs> the cow sweatshops. Oh, no. Um, I mean, where's the lie? Yeah. yeah. It hurts because it's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they deserve better. Um, yeah, but the government, the government does store 1.5 billion pounds of cheese, um, 355 million pounds of butter. Oh my god. 211 million pounds of pecans. Uh, okay. And less than 1 billion pound, pounds of fries. Oh, just a casual less than 1 billion pounds yeah, of, of French of fries. French fries. Shouldn't that be in France? That's a good, that's a good Econ. point. <laughs> God. <laughs> However, the government stores it, but only, only 300 million of it belongs to the USDA. Everything else is owned by private companies like Kraft and um, is just stored by the government. Wait, so every time I, I eat some sweet chef's kiss Kraft mac and cheese. Yeah. It's cu- the 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 Comes powdery the- cheese is coming from straight from that cheese cave. I mean, I don't know about straight from, but yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I'm so excited right now. Yeah, and and I mean, to be fair, that amount of cheese actually isn't that wild in comparison to the amount that people consume in the U.S. Because like as of last year, the U.S. was consuming over five billion pounds of cheese per year. Oh my god. Is- and like so each, so good. each person in the US was consuming around forty pounds of cheese per year. So like I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? Each person in the US was consuming 
about 40 pounds of cheese per year. Oh my god. On average. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and I'll have you know as well that this isn't a phenomena um, only linked to the U.S. So like there are a bunch of other countries that also have stockpiles of certain oh, like food god. types. I thought you were going to say that it was only us and I was like a oh, fucking of course it well, is. Well I mean we do eat a lot of cheese but there are also a I lot know, of countries but... that eat cheese but no there's a lot of other countries that have different stockpiles of food so like for example oh thank god you're gonna give some examples yeah fuck yeah for example china has a stockpile of frozen pork reserves um hell yeah and canada has a maple syrup reserve <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> because of course Canada does. Oh my god, they're so pure. <laughs> and the European Union has a long history of accumulating butter mountains. Mountains? Mm-hmm. Mountains. What d- constitutes the mountain? I think part? it's just stored in a mountain. Oh. Um not like little buttery I wish it was buttery ma- like molds. Like little buttery nipple shaped. <laughs> Triangles. <laughs> well, like if they're small, then it's like a little nipple of butter. No. You know, like a little yeah. peak of nipple. <laughs> or I mean a but <laughs> of, of butter. I said nipple too many times on okay. this podcast. Um nipple. So we've got we've got butter mountains. We've got wine lakes. Lakes? Uh-huh. Wine lakes. Do they they had to drain the wine lakes eventually. Oh my god! Because um, there was too much. Me. Um, and milk lakes as well. Ew! That. Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. I draw the line at milk. Butter, yes. Cheese, yes. Milk. milk? I'm too gay for that. <laughs> are you? Are you two percent presenting? How dare you suggest she's anything but oat milk presenting? My bad. That was so homophobic. Yeah, of how me. dare you say that to me? I'm oat milk presenting. You're not soy presenting. No, I'm not soy presenting. When I go into a coffee shop, they already know I want oat milk. Every time I go into a coffee shop and I don't, I don't ask for oat milk. The baristas always look at me and they go, "Oh, did you want?" Are you sure you didn't want oat milk in that? <laughs> and I, and I know because they do it when we go for coffee yeah, together. And I have to every time I have to look at them and go, no, it, no, just regular milk is fine. Just and gross. I can see them looking at me, being like, I thought you were gay. Yeah. And <laughs> two hate crimes. <laughs> Damn. I need to start wearing like my pin just so that they know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like going feral over this entire thing. It's so funny. It's pretty funny. I just, I feel like I, my like, my heart belongs to the cheese caves. Yeah, the cheese caves are phenomenal. Also, like a fun little, fun little slice of American history. I see what you did there. I hate it. Wait, can you actually like visit the cheese caves though? Um, there I. I don't think you can like just visit for fun because um, they are they are like production like like it's 
a lot of private companies own stuff there and like store stuff there so i don't think you can just go wander around they should like make it like the tillamook factory yeah <laughs> that place is dope that place is great. i love going there i think i've been there like three or four times yeah i love that place well i think it probably isn't super fun because it's it's just storage I'm so sorry. I, I don't Although, seem to understand because I don't know if you get the childlike wonder like when you go to Costco. That's true. And I don't. When I go to Costco? Yeah. Cost-co. I'm trying to enunciate. Cost-co. Sometimes Cost-co. I say things and I. Cost-co. If I'm laughing, do you, do you, you can't understand. It's a Costco. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Leave me alone. Hey, you said. What did you say earlier? I can't remember anymore. You'll never remember. Roll it back, Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yes, that is um, that is the cheese caves. I fucking love the cheese caves. Yeah. A wonderful dairy-filled episode and frogs. Yeah, this episode wasn't spooky, but it was definitely like the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it was goofy for sure though why do we both pick the most goofy topics i don't know i want everyone to know that we don't coordinate topics unless it was the halloween episode in yeah which we, we do did. if it makes but, sense to coordinate but but like this was on accident aside from the halloween episode we have not coordinated we have not coordinated our topics and they've just ended up like this so i don't know what that says I had been saving this one. I know it's only episode four, but I, I really wanted to save it for much later. But I just, like, could not control myself. <laughs> I've been dying to hear about this one. Like, I could not control myself. I also felt like it was time for us to touch on a cryptid. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love me some cryptids. My brother is basically, like, a Sasquatch. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> wow. <laughs> My old, my younger brother. Oh, okay. Because he's so tall and that like, that makes more sense. The the but, scene in I mean, this kind of hairy. Yeah, that's true. But the scene, uh, <laughs> the scene in um, Elf when Will oh, Ferrell yeah. like imitates the Sasquatch, like that's what Duke, my little brother, looks like. <laughs> he's like got really long arms. Yeah, <laughs> he's like really tall and hunchy. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh no. But yeah, that's that's it. Um, we will we're wrapping this one up. So we'll ask you to please um, subscribe if and rate and review. Yeah, and do all the things that do the things. I have an echo. Um, do all the th- <laughs> do all the things that like help support the podcast. And Burke can tell you where to follow us. Oh, yeah. We have, we don't have, we only have an Instagram because I can't be bothered with other social medias. And Facebook is the bane of my existence. So we have an Instagram. You can find us at the macabre cast pod. Macabre is spelled M-A-C-A-B-R-E for those of you who don't know how to spell it, which I didn't think it was going to be that many people, and then all my coworkers made it's me type everyone. it in their phone for them. Macabre. <laughs> yes. Mac- I always read it in my brain as macabre cast. <laughs> <laughs> me too, though. Um, this week, we're putting in our cabinet 
because what's in our cabinet this week? That's right. Fucking some cheese and yeah. some froggy boys. <laughs> we're putting we're putting some frog legs and cheese in there. Yes, and I did have a report back from my friend Sandra, who I mentioned last week. She was telling me more things she was putting in her, quote, curiosity cabinet, which is just her book, bookshelf. But um, nice. she was like, I got, I think she said, a cat skull. Oh. And I was like, hello? I want one. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What a great addition so, to the cabinet. You can also email us if you want to, suggestions or what you have in your, what's in your cabinet. Yeah, or, what's in your cabinet. Uh, anything you like or a story that's spooky. And our email is the same handle as our Instagram, which is the pod at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you. And? And uh, thank you to. Oh my God, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, thank you. Well, we already did an econ. Thank you to Trainer. <laughs> And who produces our wonderful who, music? Yeah, who produces the wonderful music? And we did already say thank you to Lachlan, kind of, but thank you to Lachlan again for general podcast knowledge and just being a good friend. Yeah, a supportive friend. Also to Ma- Maddie dude. and Jay. Oh, now we have to shout out all of our friends. Now this is awkward. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no! 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 We're not doing this. And and good night. <laughs> good night. What's in your cabinet? Frogs. <laughs> <laughs>